I'm Jorge Salazar, reporting for the Texas Advanced Computing Center. Monogamous behavior remains a bit of a mystery to scientists. Does this behavior have associated genes that are passed on and conserved throughout a species? The Hoffman Lab of UT Austin wants to find the genes that regulate monogamous behavior in mammals, birds, reptiles, amphibians, and fishes, all the major lineages of vertebrates. Scientists are using the Wrangler data-intensive supercomputer to help find those genes that different species have in common, in order to trace them up the evolutionary chain to a common ancestor. I spoke with biologist Rebecca Young. She's a research associate at the University of Texas at Austin in the Department of Integrative Biology and the Center for Computational Biology and Bioinformatics. In her office, she spoke of her research using a software package called OrthoMCL on the Wrangler supercomputer to study the evolution of monogamy. Dr. Young, thank you for speaking with us today. Sure, thank you. Um, so what is OrthoMCL? OrthoMCL is a software package that was designed to allow us to look across species and identify using their sequences genes that are the same in these different species. Those are called orthologs when you're identifying the same gene in different groups. This looked at brain tissue of different species. Why does this work for what you're doing? Yeah, so we are looking at brains in males of different species that do similar behavior. So specifically, the project that we've used at OrthoMCL for so far is looking at monogamy in different species of vertebrates. So in each of the major uh, lineages of vertebrates, so mammals, birds, reptiles, frogs and amphibians and fishes, there are examples of monogamous mating systems that have evolved independently. And so what we want to know is even though they've evolved independently, it's possible that some of the same genes are important in regulating this behavior, in particular expression of these genes in the brain while these males are reproductively active um, are important. Tell us a little bit about the scientific need, I guess, um, some of the challenges that you faced in dealing with some of this data. Yeah, so there's a couple of problems with this type of analysis. The first one is that there's not as many resources available for non-traditional species. So the species that we look at, the ones that are monogamous, um, aren't the sort of standard lab rat or a drosophila or something that's very commonly used where there's a lot of resources. So for those species, there are online available databases that group genes together into orthologous groups or into these groups of gene families that are comparable across species. Um, when you're using non-traditional species like we are, you need to be able to do that on your own. And that's where OrthoMCL comes in to group the genes together for us. And when we started working with TAC trying to get OrthoMCL operational in this high computing environment, we were running into a, a few problems because it generates a very large database and then runs computational programs outside and has to, to interact with this database. And that's not what Lone Star and Stampede and some of the other TAC resources were set up for. So what, what happened was, was we have 10 species that we are trying to compare and we were able to run OrthoMCL using only four of those species. Because the database became so large, we can no longer communicate back and forth. We would time out during the communication period. And that's when some folks over at TAC suggested that we try and implement this on Wrangler because this is what Wrangler is set up for. It's set up to have this relational database where individual vignettes of a, a package, individual computational 
steps can go back and talk to this database and pull out the information that it needs. And we don't have any of the same timeout errors. Um, At this point, we've been able to run all of our species together on the Wrangler system. So we're not, at this point, we have not maxed out even what Wrangler um, is capable of doing. What are some of the things that you're looking at Wrangler to be able to do to help you with your science? Yeah, so what we want is to be able to take this massive amount of data that we generate for each of our species and be able to make it comparable across species. And one of the things that we found is that there are some resources available, as I mentioned online, that will allow you to do this. So I'll give you an example. When I tried to go onto the online databases, again, I have these 10 groups. When I tried to go onto the online databases and pull out, okay, which genes are the same across these different species? Can we get a group? Which again is what OrthoMCL will do for us, but there's available resources online. So when I did that, I went in and I was only able to pull out about 350 comparable genes across these 10 species. When I run OrthoMCL on Wrangler, I'm able to get almost 2,000 genes that are comparable across all of the species. So this is an enormous improvement from what is already available. What we're looking to to OrthoMCL is just to allow us to make an increasing number of comparisons across species when we're looking at these very divergent, these very ancient species. So, you know, 450 million years separated between these different groups. When we use OrthoMCL, what we're really trying to do is just get more out of all of this data that we've been, we've spent money generating by sequencing the brains of these individuals. You're studying a lot of different species, but could you give us some examples? For this monogamy project that I'm talking about, we have two species of voles, two species of mice, then we have two species of songbirds, and two frogs, and two cichlid fishes. So quite diverse, and that's what we've done so far. We also, monogamous many systems not only exist in vertebrates, but there are examples in invertebrate systems. So there are some beetles, for example, that have a monogamous mating system. And so we also have some data from brains of male beetles that we haven't integrated into the project, partially because, as I mentioned, we get so few comparisons, even with looking only at vertebrates. So this is something we want to try in the future. And when we can get more comparisons using an approach like OrthoMCL, this may allow us to actually say, okay, what if we take this all the way back to invertebrates? Are there some of the same genes involved in generating this very specific type of behavior? Dr. Young, will you talk a little bit about the data? What goes into Wrangler or goes into OrthoMCL on Wrangler is sequences, protein sequences, and when you're doing this, what you want is when you're sequencing the genes that are expressed in a tissue using transcriptomic approaches, like what we use, um, you're getting uh, gene counts for, you know, hopefully all of, or at least most of the genes in the genome. So for humans, for example, we have somewhere around 25,000 different genes in our genome. So you can imagine that's kind of the starting point. And some organisms have many more than this. What you have then are sequences, which can range from 200, a length of 200 proteins to, you know, much larger than that. So we're talking about a huge amount of data for each individual species. And then, of course, you add this up across, as I said, what we were using so far, what we're doing, which is 10 species. This is an enormous amount of data. This is, you know, that we're starting with on the minimum 200,000 genes that we're going to compare. 
and compare in all pairwise fashion. So that's even astronomically larger. These databases have to be quite huge to manage all of this data in a way that is usable by these little pieces of software. You've been listening to UT Austin biologist Rebecca Young. For the Texas Advanced Computing Center, I'm Jorge Salazar.